Twitter launches six-second ads with few guarantees, and Facebook's clear history tool, it's here. It's Monday, August 26th. 2019, all that is coming up along with the week's news quick hits on episode 375 of Brave Ad World. New consumers, new media, new strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 375 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast of BraveAdWorld.com, which combines actual insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week or close to it, I take the top stories, provide a recap, and then share insights as to what those stories might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wickert, and we don't have a lot of stories this week, but we do have some pretty big stories this week that I want to talk about. So let's just dive right into it and talk first about Twitter because Twitter has launched a new video ad option that allows advertisers to run 15 second or shorter video ads and only be charged if viewed for six seconds or more. So it's kind of a viewability guarantee. The move, it's similar to YouTube's six second bumper ads, which allow advertisers to run and pay for ads on a very similar basis. The videos run with the sound off and they're available for promoted video, in-stream video sponsorships and in-stream video ads. I should add that viewers can turn the sound on should they so choose. So right now, currently over over half of Twitter's ad revenue comes from video ads. It's the fastest growing ad format for the platform. And while six seconds is certainly a constraint, the fact that Twitter is only charging if the content is viewed, that's a benefit. Advertisers, they have the opportunity to tell short, concise stories, and they can do more than just show the logo or the product, albeit within six six seconds, and they know the viewer is going to see everything. As video advertising gets shorter, it's really incumbent on platforms like Twitter to offer some sort of guarantee to advertisers that at least a portion of their ads will be viewed. And the success of six-second ads on YouTube, it points to the potential for the format on Twitter as well. While it is just six seconds, it's six seconds that you as an advertiser know is going to be viewed into completion. All right, let's talk about the big one because this story has been quite a while in the making and something we've just been wanting to see what's going to come of it. And that's Facebook's clear history tool. It's it's a moment that's been in the making for more than a year. Facebook is finally rolling out its clear history tool, but it comes out under a new name, off Facebook activity. The tool, it allows users to see which advertisers and websites have their data, and then they can uncouple their profiles from that data to prevent being targeted with ads based on that collected data. That's a big reason for the name change because users, they can't actually delete data from Facebook. The name Clear History created some misperceptions among users. What the tool actually does is it allows users to unlink data stored about them from their activity outside of Facebook collected by tools like the Facebook Pixel or Facebook's SDK. That data, which has been used by advertisers to target ads, can now be uncoupled from user profiles. The data, it's still going to be there, and it's that's good because it allows advertisers to see how well their campaigns drove traffic, in aggregate at least. The tool 
It was announced in 2018 to really appeal to rising demands of transparency, privacy, and, and just data control for users. And since then, Facebook had to, according to Facebook at least, they had to rebuild new data sets to make sure that the tool worked and then put all of that into, into testing. Now it's being rolled out into phases beginning with Ireland, Spain, and South Korea. It's available within user settings. So, I mean, grab the popcorn because watching this play out, it's going to be interesting. What Facebook has essentially done here is they've created a way for users to clear cookies from their Facebook profiles. That has the potential to really significantly hinder advertisers' ability to specifically target their ads should users decide to use the tool in mass frequently. That all comes with a big if, however. Time will tell if users even take advantage of the tool. And if they do use the tool, they'll have to use it pretty frequently because more data will be added to their profiles as they revisit websites and apps using Facebook data collection tools. Even though I believe it sounds like there is a way for users to take advantage of an option to disconnect browsing activity from their accounts permanently. But we'll see how all of this rolls out. It's going to be a very interesting one to watch over the coming months because Facebook, they took their time on this because Facebook really relies on a lot of this data for targeting, for proving ad effectiveness. So this is going to be one uh, for us to really pay attention to, and you can be sure I'll be talking about it on the podcast. All right, that is it for the week's main stories. Like I said, not a lot, but a couple of biggies. So now I'm going to dive into the news quick hits where I'm going to hit other stories that happened this week at a high level that didn't get discussed earlier. I should say the last couple of weeks because I took last weekend off. All right, so Verizon, they sold Tumblr to WordPress's owner Automatic Inc. for an undisclosed amount, but it is somewhere below $20 million. And that's a far cry from the $1.1 billion Yahoo acquired Tumblr for in 2013. Now, Verizon doesn't have this asset. It, Verizon doesn't have this asset. It has no idea to do with. So they unloaded. They had no idea what to do with Tumblr. In WordPress, it feels like a better fit from an M&A standpoint. It makes sense for WordPress to be in charge of Tumblr. They don't have plans to change it all that much. So it's it's certainly much a much stronger strategic fit than what we had in the past. CBS and Viacom, they agreed to a merger which will bring together CBS, MTV, Paramount Pictures, Showtime, and other properties. Part of the merger includes plans to create more streaming content, which means the battle between Netflix, Disney, Apple, Amazon, and other streaming services, that is just getting started. Snap announced version 3.0 of its of its Spectacles AR sunglasses. The steel frame glasses are less clunky than previous versions and come in priced at $380. Not sure how many of Snapchat's teen users can afford that, but the glasses they can take 70 videos and 200 photos with each charge and they're capable of 3D effects. Snap has not specified production numbers and it's unclear whether or not there's any more demand for these than previous versions, but Snap may not care about that. And it may just be using this to set a foundation for more AR efforts down the line. Expect these glasses to ship this fall. Facebook has simplified group settings down to two choices. Group admins will no longer have four group options. Secret and closed group settings are being removed, leaving only public and private. So groups that had been secret, they'll now be private, and groups that were closed will now be public. The goal of the decision was to really just simplify and provide group admins a little bit more clarity in how their groups are set up. But this 
was one aspect of a much larger initiative underway at Facebook to prevent groups from becoming about hate or harm. Instagram has launched a bug bounty program that will pay researchers who discover third-party apps misusing the platform's data. Facebook already had a program like this, but now that that program has extended to Instagram as well. Facebook is hiring a small team of journalists to create news for a new dedicated news section. That means Facebook appears to have lost faith in algorithms carrying that load. However, making human curation central to that process, it may prompt calls for bias in what news they choose to feature and what they don't. That critique, however, it's existed for a while now, even when algorithms were doing the curation. YouTube has made YouTube Originals free and viewable to all users. Previously, they were limited to YouTube Premium subscribers. While the Originals can be viewed for free, Premium subscribers can watch them ad-free and get access to extra scenes and other exclusive content. Apple is planning to roll out its Apple TV Plus platform this November for $9.99 per month. The service will have a small catalog of shows initially with plans to expand quickly. The rollout, it's part of a major strategic focus for shift for Apple from hardware to services, which those services also include Apple Music, Apple News Plus, iCloud, and the upcoming Apple Arcade gaming service. Apple TV Plus is entering a pretty crowded market dominated by Netflix and Hulu with major new players like AT&T and Disney already entering the fray. YouTube is ending targeted ads on videos meant for kids in the wake of an FTC investigation into potential COPA breaches by YouTube. YouTube and the FTC, they reached a settlement in the investigation, but terms they have not been disclosed. The move, it would mean, it would likely mean a revenue hit for YouTube is targeted ads. They tend to bring in pretty significant share of YouTube revenue. Details around how YouTube will define videos, quote, directed at children, unquote, those have not been established. So this is still developing. Instagram is testing back-to-back ads from different from different advertisers within stories. The test, it's being used to determine whether or not such placements create a smoother experience for stories, but a more likely reason is pressure from parent company Facebook. It really wants Instagram to include more ads, and it's already doubled the number of ads on the platform since last year. And lastly, Google has launched a what it calls a privacy sandbox. It's kind of an olive branch to publishers is the intent of the effort is to give users more control and awareness of their data and how it's being collected and used while allowing publishers to get paid. The move is meant to find kind of a happy medium between publishers who have been limited by ad blockers and browsers in their ability to collect it in their ability to collect revenue and users who are becoming more privacy conscious. All right. That is it for episode 375 of Brave Ad World. Before I let you go, I do want to hear from you. Send questions, send comments. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like to braveadworld at gmail.com. And if you get a chance, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps me know what you think and it helps others find the podcast. I can be found on Twitter at twiggert. That's T-W-I-E-G-E-R-T. You can also find my personal thoughts and insight on marketing at braveadworld.com. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveadworld.com.